live from my man cave in Chesapeake, Virginia, this is MLS Gone Wild. I'm your host, Blake, here to bring you the latest news, rumors, opinions, analytics, interviews, and all things MLS and American soccer. Let's get it going. Hello and welcome to MLS Gone Wild, Season 4, Episode 6. This is your host, Blake. On this week's episode of MLS Gone Wild, I am joined by Atlanta United Academy USDA National Champion, former U-17 U.S. Youth National Team player, 2021 NCAA D1 Men's Soccer National Champion with the Clemson Tigers, and Austin FC second-round pick in this year's MLS Super Draft, Charlie Asensio. Charlie, welcome to MLS Gone Wild. Thank you for having me. Of course. How are you doing tonight, man? I'm doing well, you know, resting up for uh, training this this weekend and, and uh, one last preseason game, so looking forward to it. Chicago on Saturday, correct? Yes, sir. Yep. Are you still buzzing from your first big night at Q2 last night in front of the supporters? Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, before or once I got drafted here, you know, you hear about the fan base here in Austin and everything. But uh, last night really, really showed me how how crazy of a fan base Austin has. It was it was incredible. And you'll be back there February 26th as you open up the season against FC Cincinnati. I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah, it should be a fun one. So before we get into your championship pedigree on the field, let's get to know you off of it. You ready? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So we're already appealing to the Austin fan base, hyping up Q2 and the fans and whatnot. But let's really capture the attention of Austin fans right off the bat. What's your favorite taco spot in Austin? Um, I haven't gone out to as many as I would like, um, but one of the ones I have tried that was pretty good was Torchy's. Um, my sister actually brought me there because she lives in Austin, so uh, Torchy's would probably be my my answer for right now. But I hope to look for for new options and um, stuff like that. So we'll see if that answer changes anytime soon. I'm sure there's a lot of competition there, but that's pretty cool. I did not know that your sister lived in Austin. Has that made your adjustment period a little bit easier? Yeah, definitely. I mean, having family um, here while I'm, you know, transitioning into a new team, a new league, everything, it's been super helpful and, uh, you know, nice to have her here. Awesome. So let's get to know you a little bit more. What's your favorite song? I don't have a specific song. Um, I listen to a lot of variety of music, but um, I have a little bit of a Spanish background, so I'd say any like Bad Bunny or Osuna song is would be like my go-to. Perfect. Yeah. That's, that's perfect for the culture down there in Austin. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Who's your favorite soccer player growing up, and who's your favorite soccer player currently, if those are different? Uh, my favorite soccer player is uh, Messi, just because I grew up as a Barca fan, and I think it's no question that he's the, the best in the world and um, the best ever play. And he's left-footed and you're left-footed, yeah? Exactly. And then if we're talking about left-backs, which is the position I play um, right now, I think Robertson is one of the best left-backs in the world and someone that I try to um, replicate when I'm talking about my own game. So um, I think he's someone I look up to and, and try to follow. Yeah, the fullbacks for Liverpool are two of the best in the world. Robertson and, and Trent Alexander-Arnold, they're phenomenal to watch. That's yeah. modern day fullback. And that's kind of how I describe you, but we'll get into your style of play later. If you wrote your own autobiography, what would you call it? Um, I'd say something along the lines of hard work and consistency. I think those are two things that I take a lot of pride in, you know, um, 
a lot of people may overlook me because of my size or um, my name doesn't scream at you off the stat sheet or anything like that. But um, I think any coach that I've had in the past can can tell you that no matter what it is, practice, game, you know, recovery, I'm always going to give 110 percent. And um, I feel that I'm also very consistent, you know, in my performances. And I think that's important for a coach to gain trust and, you know, be willing to put you on the field because they know what they're going to get out of you day in and day out. And that hard work and consistency has gotten you where you are today, which oh, is exactly. MLS. You know, it's the dream. Exactly. But when you, aren't, when you aren't playing or training, what do you like to do in your free time? Nothing really in particular. Just, you know, being with friends, um, getting outdoors, um, doing whatever, really. Uh, but, you know, as long as I'm with friends, family, other people, just enjoying my time, I think uh, that's what it's all about. Family first, man. Definitely. So, yeah. so let's get to the soccer. Just over a month ago, you were selected 35th overall in the MLS Super Draft by Austin FC. And we'll get into your emotions on that day later on the episode. But let's take it back to the very beginning. What made you fall in love with the beautiful game? Uh, So my family has a soccer background. My my dad played growing up, and then he actually coached both of my older sisters. Um, So when I was, you know, two, three years old, I was constantly going to games every single weekend. Um, watching my sisters play, watching my dad coach and everything. And then literally been playing the sport since I was like three years old. So it's really all I've ever done. Um, Yeah, I I fell in love with it at a really young age. So there were about 15 years from the time that you fell in love with the beautiful game and you signed to play collegiate soccer at Clemson. Can you walk us through your soccer journey up until your commitment to Clemson? Yeah, so I grew up in uh, Roswell, Georgia, which is right outside of Atlanta. Um, played for a club called NASA for a large chunk of my life. And then once I was like 13, 14, something like that, um, I joined Georgia United, which was a DA club back then. And spent a couple years there, um, which I really enjoyed my time with, with that club. And then when I was a sophomore in high school, I got invited to residency with the U-17 U.S. national team, which um, was an unbelievable experience. I spent a year and a half uh, down in Bradenton, Florida with them, you know, traveling, playing other countries, and training with, you know, 30 of the best soccer players in the country at that time, which was really cool. I mean, I was playing with guys like Josh Sargent, Tim Weah, all those guys day in and day out, you know, still good friends of mine to this day. So, Um, That was, I think, really valuable for me in my soccer career. And then after that, I came home um, senior year, played with the Atlanta United Academy. Uh, We won a U-17 DA national championship that year, which uh, was was awesome. It was it was really cool. And that's when I decided to join Clemson, which I think to this day is one of the best decisions I've made for sure. So let's go back to your residency with the U.S. Youth National Team. You know, you mentioned guys like Josh Sargent, Timothy Wea, also guys like Serginio Dash, James Sands, Io Akinola, Brian Reynolds, all of these guys getting sold for millions and millions of dollars to Europe. You were there with them just a couple of years ago. And yeah. this, is, this is a pretty real question. When you look at where they're at in their career and where you're at, do you have any kind of any thoughts about that? I mean, it, it's crazy to, you know, literally watch them like on TV and Champions League and you know stuff like that it's it's crazy to think that three four years ago whatever it was we were sitting in the same room you know 
every single day. Um, but I think that's just credit to their hard work and um, their dedication and stuff. Like it doesn't surprise me one bit that those names are um, as big as they are now, just because I saw the work that they put in and the talent that they had at a young age. So, yeah. Only reason I ask is this podcast is I've never really made it a mission or goal of mine to interview some of the up and coming young players in the league, but throughout all of my interviews with the young guys, I always talk about path to pro and everybody's path is different. And yours certainly is different, you know, yeah. from the U S youth national team, the residency to the Academy and then to Clemson national champion and now drafted to Austin FC. It's completely different, but everybody takes their own steps in their own time. And, you've gotten there. That's the important part. Yeah, no, I, I think it's, it's really different. I mean, I have friends that, you know, signed professional contracts, junior of high school and stuff. And now here I am five years later and, you know, I'm looking to do the same thing. So um, like you said, it's, it's different for everybody. I think something for me that was important was getting an education, getting a degree um, because that's always important to have. And, um, also just time to develop while I was at school. And I think Clemson helped me tremendously in doing that. How cool was it to represent your nation with those guys? It was unbelievable. It's something that, you know, you can't really describe um, listening to the national anthem before a game when you're about to play for your national team is chills. It's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's unbelievable. And just some of the players we played against some of the countries. I mean, I played against, England, Spain, Italy, you know, Mexico, all these different teams, which are uh, memories that will definitely last uh, a long time. Um, something I'll tell my kids about one day, which is, which is crazy to think about. But um, yeah, those experiences definitely helped me as a player and um, are stuff that I'll never forget. So let's take a look at what you did with Atlanta. Mm -hmm. The inaugural season of the Atlanta United Academy was when you started playing for them and you yeah. won a national championship year one. Also, that was the first ever trophy for the Atlanta United system, pro academy, whatever. What did it mean to you to bring that first trophy to Atlanta United? Yeah, it was really cool. I mean, uh, back then I was a big Atlanta United fan in general, just cause I had grown up in the city my whole life. And, um, you know, to be able to give back to the, to the city and in a way was, was really cool. And, you know, just a season's long work um, ending in a trophy like that is, is really special. And I think the guys that are on that team, I mean, a lot of those guys are currently with Atlanta United's roster. A lot of the guys are playing um, at big time colleges as well and stuff like that. So uh, it was a really special team and a really special year for sure. You talk about the roster buildup of that team. Like I said, that was the inaugural season for you guys. How did that group of guys come together that quickly and have that much success? Yeah, I think a big part of it was uh, the club I was talking about earlier, Georgia United. I um, kind of laid down the foundation for Atlanta United. Um, Georgia United was around for several years before um, Atlanta United became a thing. And I think they did a great job of, bringing in players, developing players. Um, I think they even had teams that were sent to the final four and stuff like that. I don't think they ever won a national championship, but um, if it wasn't for Georgia United, I don't think we would have been able to do that because a lot of the guys that were on this team that won the national championship were actually some of my teammates for years before that, which I 
think was really cool that we all made the transition over together and um, made things a little bit easier in that sense. So after having such a successful and storied youth career highlighted by your time, like we said, with the U.S. Youth National Team and with the Atlanta United Academy, I find it hard to believe that Clemson was the only school that came knocking. Why did you ultimately choose to attend Clemson? Um, I mean, I knew I wanted to go to an ACC school for sure because I feel like that's the highest level in college soccer. Um, you're playing really competitive games throughout the whole season. Um, so that was number one. But uh, the reason I chose Clemson over other schools that I was interested in was just, I think the culture was a big thing. Um, you know, going on visits there, I could tell that the coaching staff made it clear that um, there's going to be a place where you're going to have to work hard. But, um, you know, there was also going to be a brotherhood and a family aspect of things. And I thought that was really special. And um, it proved to be right in my four years while I was there, I think. The culture was everything. Um, I think it's the reason we won the national championship this past year, honestly. And yeah, I would say that was the, the main takeaway. I think the people there were also incredible. The coaching staff, the players, you know, the people around campus, around the community, I thought was was really special. So uh, it ended up being an easy decision. And I felt like I made the right one. Man, it's like you read my question before I asked it. I was getting ready to ask, what was so special about this year's Clemson team? But you, you, you already said it. So yeah. I'll ask you the second part. What did it mean to you to bring a national championship to a storied program that hadn't won the title in 34 years? Yeah, that was, uh, it was unbelievable. Like I, I still don't think it's truly sunk in and it's like two months later, but um, you know, 34 years has passed since, since Clemson's won the whole thing. And um, that in itself just shows how hard it is to get it accomplished. And um but you know these the guys that were on the team this year like we we would do anything for each other i think that was the difference you know we weren't necessarily as talented as other clemson teams in the past or other teams in the tournament really i mean we had talent but talent can only get you so far but um the willingness to work for each other and um you know how we bonded on and off the field was was really what pushed us over the edge i believe I mean, 82 games later in four years for you, 79 starts. That final whistle blows, your Clemson career comes to an end. What were your emotions, man? Yeah, I mean, it, it was all good things. It was all, you know, all I could think about was we finally did it. Um, you know, we had the crowd all uh, storm the field, which was really cool. And I was just running over, hugging my teammates, trying to find my parents. Um, it was special moment. If I could go back and just relive those 10 minutes after the game ended, um, I would do anything for that. But yeah, it was at the time I wasn't thinking about the fact that it was all over, but the day after two days after is when it finally started to hit me. And, you know, it's, it's crazy. It's so many memories that uh, I'll remember forever. And um, I'll always cherish my time at Clemson. I, I think I learned so much develop so much as a player as a person that's something Co coach Noonan harps on is you know he's not just developing you as a soccer player but as a human being and becoming a better man and he does a really good job of doing that so in what ways did he help you become a better soccer player a better human being prepare you to be as successful as hopefully you will be at the next level yeah just a bunch of tactical stuff on the field um, little tips that um I haven't heard of before, you know, just different things 
um, from other coaches that I've seen and then off the field as well. You know, he's always making sure that the team is getting into the community, helping out in that way or, um, you know, grades and stuff like that. Like that's really important to him and really important to the team. And I think that's huge that it's not just soccer with him or with the rest of the staff um, that we're actually getting better at things off the field and becoming better people and, and all that. I think was what made Clemson a, a really special place. Shout out to Mike Noonan for cultivating that culture. You know, things are bigger than soccer, but he and the program were phenomenal at developing pros this year. In addition to you guys winning the national championship, you guys set a record in the amount of players for Clemson draft in the super draft. Six Tigers were selected this year. What does that stat say about the program? Yeah, I mean, we couldn't have done it without the staff and the support staff and everybody that was involved. I mean, strength coaches, you know, academic advisors, athletic trainers, all those people. Um, there's too many to name, but they all, they all played a part in that um, and what we were able to accomplish this year and especially the senior class. Um, you know, the, the stuff that they do for us every single day is, is uh is what I'm super grateful for. And I don't think I would have gotten to this place in my career without that. And I think the other five guys that got drafted and, you know, guys that are moving on from soccer at this point, I think they'd all say the same. So Asensio may as well be synonymous with champion at this point. Okay. It seems as though everywhere you go, a trophy follows. Talk to me about your approach to the game and your winning mentality. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm a super competitive guy. Um, you know, I like to enjoy the game, but at the same time, it's, it's harder to enjoy it when you're losing. So um, that's always something I keep in the back of my mind. But yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I like to go out there and um, as a defender, I have a, feel like I have like a ruthless mentality. I don't like anybody getting by me. At the same time, I like to get up the field and contribute to the attack and stuff like that. And I think just having that mindset every single day, whether it's practice, whether it's games, whatever it is, just getting in that mentality and into that habit is is what I, something I take pride in. And um, yeah, I'd say that's the, the main thing. Listeners, we're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsors, Added Time Outfitters. Stick around because after the break, we will be discussing Charlie's draft day emotions, his Austin FC preseason so far, and so much more. We'll be back in 60 seconds. We all love the beautiful game. We spend countless hours watching, tweeting, discussing, playing, and talking about the sport. And we all have our favorite memories when our teams made history. Moments like Liverpool's miracle in Istanbul or Celtic's 2-1 triumph over arguably the best Barca side ever. Those moments that keep us coming back for more. But what if you could carry those moments with you all the time? At a Time Outfitters creates soccer-inspired wristbands to let you wear those memories on your wrist. Each reversible elastic design gives supporters of the beautiful game a unique way to rep their favorite team in any setting. With wristbands for your favorite teams from across Europe, the USA, and beyond, each added time design incorporates a 90-minute story from that famous match. Check out all 24 of Added Time Outfitters' current designs on the web at www.addedtime.com or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Added Time Outfitters. Welcome back to MLS Gone Wild Season 4, Episode 6, featuring Austin FC's second-round pick in this year's MLS Super Draft, Charlie Asensio. 
Head over to AtatimeOutfitters.com for all your soccer-inspired wristbands and apparel. Use code GONEWILD at checkout for 10% off your entire order. All right, Charlie. January 11th, MLS Super Draft Day. The day your dreams turn into reality. You were selected 35th overall to Austin FC. Walk me through that day. Who were you with? How did you find out? And what were your emotions when you found out? Yeah, so I, uh, I was with uh, my family, both my parents. My girlfriend, she was over. We were just watching it at my house. And it was a long day. That that first round, I felt like, took forever. Which, it did. <laughs> like, literally, like, three hours or something like that. But um, as soon as the second round started, I was hoping to see my name soon. You know, I was getting anxious. I was like, man, what if I just keep dropping, keep dropping? Um, and then it was funny because I saw Austin was the next pick. I knew that they didn't have tons of left backs on their roster. And, you know, I've always had um, interest in going to Atlanta, obviously, because that's where I'm from. But if there was an, another team in the league that I had interest in, it was awesome because I had family here. I really liked the project that they were building and everything I've heard about the club. So when I saw Austin was next, I knew they needed a left back um, for depth or whatever. And I looked over at my parents and I was like, man, what – what if it is Austin? 30 seconds later, my name popped up and I was screaming. Everyone was screaming. We called my sister. You know, it was, it, it's a moment that I'll never forget. It was really special. It's something that I've been working for my whole life. So, um, yeah, it was, it was a crazy feeling. That's incredible. It's funny. Some of the guys that I've interviewed previous to you, Charlie, all of them say that you know, they got their phone in their hand and all of a sudden they get a notification and the team that drafts them is actually tweeting and tagging them. And that's how they found out because they didn't air the second round and it was all just on the live site. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think the site crashed too, yeah. like right after, right after like I got picked. So I'm, I'm luckily it was after that because I would have been so stressed if I'm like refreshing, nothing's happening and stuff. So by that point I was already calling my sister, calling my agent, calling my coaches, everything. So yeah, it was, it was a surreal feeling for sure. Heading into the draft, had you had any conversations with teams or had your agent let you know that anybody was interested? Um, yeah, a little bit. So, I, you know, my whole time at Clemson, I, I figured Atlanta was probably the best possibility. <clears throat> I would go back and train there in the summers and um, things like that. So I knew that was probably the route that I thought initially. Um, and it's something that I talked to with my agents, my agents were talking to, to Atlanta a little bit and stuff, but, um, you know, things just didn't work out. And, um, you know, I, I believe everything happens for a reason and I'm really happy with the way things turned out and that I ended up in Austin. So. I know you're happy being in Austin, but let me ask you a little, what if, okay. Your boy, Georgie Bello <laughs> was sent over to Europe shortly after you were drafted. If that would have happened before draft day, do you think maybe they would have picked up your homegrown contract? I mean, I have no idea. That's <laughs> that's a tough question to answer. I'm putting it in the but, uh, but yeah, I mean, no love lost with with Atlanta. I mean, they're a great club. I'm close with a lot of people there and stuff. But I'm I'm just really excited for my my next journey here in Austin. You know, eyes looking forward for sure. So before we get into the serious preseason talk, even though that was kind of serious, let's have some fun with Austin FC preseason superlatives. All right. So have there been any players in particular that have taken you under their wing so far? I would say the main guy is Andrew Tarbell. 
He's a, he's a Clemson alum and he's been in the league for a while and stuff. So since day one, he's been super supportive, super helpful. Um, he's always willing to give me advice or little tips here and there. So he's been a huge help for sure for me during this preseason. He has to be a wealth of advice. I mean, he's bounced around the league and then this past year with Austin FC, he had his biggest opportunity. He was the starter and he was phenomenal for Austin FC and maybe one of their players of the year. So that's a good guy to, to be under their wing. Mm-hmm. So when you guys are in the locker room pregame or whatever, who controls the ox? Honestly, I'm not too positive, but it's definitely one of the Hispanic guys. <laughs> it is nonstop. I was talking before about how I like Spanish music. I think I've listened to enough in the past month at preseason. It's all they play. But I mean, it's good. It's, it's, um, it's good music. So I guess I can't complain too much. Who's the team prankster? Prankster. I don't know if there's been many pranks, but I don't know. I don't know that one. I guess I'll have to update you. Who's the funniest guy on the team? Is it you? (laughs) Not me, but it's, it's definitely Cecilio. Okay. Um, He's always cracking jokes. You know, everybody's always got a smile on their face when they're around him. He's super social, you know, always gotta be saying something. So yeah, I'd probably say him. Two more best dressed. I don't know. That's we haven't had many game days, so I haven't seen many game day outfits. So uh, training's a little different. So we'll see after a couple games in if I can pinpoint someone. Here's one you should definitely know. Toughest to defend. Hmm. Yeah, there's a couple guys. Uh, I think the guy that I'd say is the most difficult is Drusy. Um, I don't know how, but he can manage to meg anybody at any point in time. Like, it's like, that's all he looks for. It's crazy. I've seen him meg probably someone every single day. Has he uh, megged you? Once. Which I'm proud to say. I'm proud. You to let him. You let him do it. Yeah, something like that. I'll take, I'll say that. But no, he's, he's a really good player. And, um, you know, just training with him every day has been really cool. So far, you have featured in two preseason matches for Austin. But for those fans that haven't seen you play, how would you describe your style of play, your strengths on the pitch, and at which position do you see yourself fitting best in the Austin FC system? Yeah, so it, it's funny. I, the first time I played with Austin, I played left wing, which is a position I've never played in my life. Um, but um, it, it was cool. It was it was cool to see that the coach trusted me, trusted my versatility to, to play in that position. But I think long-term, my natural position is left back. And I think that's where I'd feature uh, most with the club is as a left back. And I think my style of play is, you know, I love to defend. I, I don't like when guys get past me, like I said before, but I also love to get up and down the field. I feel like I have a pretty good engine on me that allows me to do that. And, um, you know, I love getting assists. I love crossing the ball and contributing to the attack. So I think I have a good balance of, of defending, but also attacking. And um, yeah, I say that's probably my style of play summed up. One thing that stood out to me when I watched your highlight tape that you have on your, your social media pages is mm-hmm. your, your vision and your distribution. I love an outside back that can get forward and serve in an early cross. It's so dangerous. The opposition, the defense is still retreating back towards their goal. And from what I saw you do at Clemson, you do it really, really well. And also your channel passes when a forward's making a diagonal run to the corner, you play that ball to the corner flag better than most, better than a lot 
of college defenders I've ever seen. And I mean, I think that's your bread and butter going forward. And you watch Andy Robertson. Do you think that your game kind of replicates that on both sides of the ball? I think a little bit. Yeah. I mean, like you said before, that's, that's the modern game nowadays. It's fullbacks getting higher up into the field and contributing into the attack more than, you know, it used to be. And um, that's something that in Clemson, um, Coach Noonan harped on a lot is trying to get myself and the right back higher up the field to, to do those sort of things. And um, I think that's allowed me to, to work on that and develop that side of my game a lot over the last four years. And um, yeah, I'm grateful for that. But I think that's probably the biggest thing that I can contribute to Austin um, as a left back is, you know, getting up the field and like you said, putting in crosses, playing forwards down the channel, whatever it is, just helping the attack any way that I can. So since you've been in preseason camp, is there any part of your game that you or the coaching staff have focused on you improving? Um, yeah, I think that the biggest thing is probably speed of play, just because it's a different level here than it is in college. I think that's everybody knows that and um, something that I feel like I've needed to adjust, but I think I've done done well in adjusting over the time and something I continue to to work on while I'm here. And that's something that Coach Wolf and the rest of the coaching staff has pointed out. But I think it's something that's normal for someone coming from college into the MLS is how fast these guys are making decisions and how how quickly they move the ball and stuff like that. I think that's the biggest adjustment I've had to to make since I've been here. So let me ask you this. I've, I, I hear that all the time when I ask usually, you know, what adjustments you have to make from the college game to the program pro game, but how do you speed up your decision-making process as a player? Is it taking a peek over your shoulder? What does it, what does it look like for you to speed that up? Yeah. I think the biggest thing is just knowing what you're going to do before you get it. Like sometimes in the college game, you know, you can get the ball, then look, then play here. You don't have time to do that. There's, there's not enough time. And so you constantly have to be scanning the field, um, you know, anticipating what's going to happen next, where players are going to move into, stuff like that. Because once you get the ball, it's got to move off your feet, you know, right away. And I think that's something that college players have to learn as they, you know, start preseason and start in their, their MLS seasons. Yeah, that's so important to success in MLS. Mm-hmm. But you said earlier that, when you got drafted, you saw Austin pop up and you knew that they needed a left back. So of the 34 games this past season, Zahn Kolmanich started 23. And then there were four other guys that played the other 11 games last season. Where do you see yourself falling right now in that pecking order for the left back spot? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know exactly. I mean, coach hasn't necessarily put it um, – pen to paper in terms of depth chart or anything like that. But um, I think Z, for example, he's, he's a really good player and someone that I feel like I can learn a lot from, you know, he's a really good left back, um, likes to get forward as well, put in a a really good cross, you know, he's something that, or he's somebody that I feel I can learn a lot from as well as these other guys, you know, there's, there's some right backs that can play on the left side, like Hector Jimenez, for example, um, but yeah, I, I don't know exactly where I, where I stand in terms of depth chart, but, you know, 
I, I'd love to contribute, get minutes this year. And if not, I think it's, it's really important to learn from these guys and develop my game, you know, while I try to, to get minutes myself. So speaking of the defense itself, unfortunately, Austin FC ranked near the bottom of the league in a lot of defensive statistics categories last year. Has Josh Wolf focused on anything defensively in the preseason? What are you guys working on in that regard? Yeah, definitely. I, I wasn't around last year, so I don't know exactly the, the adjustments from last year to this year, but um, he's, he's constantly harping on, you know, de defending while attacking, like our shape while we have the ball so that we can't get counter, which I think was an area of weakness for Austin last year. And I think that's something that him and the rest of his staff have, um, you know, really taken into consideration in the off season. And they talk about it a lot. And from what it seems like when I talk with the players, I think it's a, it's a little bit of a different um, strategy than it was last year and how they're organized and structured and stuff. But, you know, I think we have the right players to play in this, this way. And um, I definitely think that the struggles that were on the team last year are definitely going to improve this year. I have no doubt about that. That's good to hear. Yeah. So with just one preseason match remaining and only eight days until MLS regular season begins, you are the only player currently with a team who has not yet signed a contract. Have you had any conversations with Josh Wolf or Claudio Reyna about their plans for you? And how have you handled the adversity of not knowing what your Austin FC future holds? Yeah, it's, it's tough. Definitely. I mean, I knew this was going to be the case coming in that, uh, you know, not all college players get signed. So I knew that, um, and it's probably four, four and a half weeks in. So it's definitely a little nerve wracking, but, you know, I've just tried to focus on my performances day in and day out and try not to worry about it um, too much. And, you know, hopefully the answer from them comes soon. And I'm sure it will because the season's right around the corner. But, you know, my main focus is just playing the way I know I can and, um, you know, trying to prove to, to Josh and to Claudio that I should uh, earn a, a contract with them and earn a spot on this team. Has the adversity that we just talked about motivated you to push even harder for that contract? Definitely. I mean, I know it's, you know, it's right there. It's what I've been dreaming about since I was a little kid. So to know that Austin's given me this opportunity to prove myself um, and knowing that I, I only have a few weeks to do it, it's, you know, making sure I'm doing the little things right off the field and, you know, every single little thing that I can do to, to better my chances and, and earning this contract is what I've set my focus on in these last four, four and a half weeks. Um, so, you know, we'll see. I mean, I feel like I've done pretty well in my time here and I've gotten good feedback from the coaches. So um, I'm hoping it all works out in the end. Well, damn it. If this isn't a testament for, for Josh Wolf and Claudia Reyna to sign you. Somebody send the, this podcast to those guys, okay? You talk about that hard work and consistency. That's what you bring. You're doing all the right things on and off the pitch. Sign this guy, man. Stop playing with him. It's his dream. Get him on the team. You guys need a left back. I'll have to let him know. Let him know to tune in. <laughs> have you had any conversations with Wolf or Reyna? Just in general, you know, at training. How do those conversations go? I mean, yeah, Josh is... Um constantly trying to help guys and you know there's been a number of trialists that were here that aren't even here anymore that I've seen Josh 
try to help and stuff. That's something that I really like about the staff is, you know, they're super encouraging. They're always willing to, you know, stay extra after practice to learn a certain thing or, you know, help out in any way. Like, like I said, there's guys that aren't even here anymore that have probably learned so much. I know that even if I don't earn this contract, um, my time here has helped me tremendously. It's been a really cool experience, a really good experience. And um, that's a big thanks to the staff and what Josh has been able to teach me in such a short amount of time. Man, I'm excited for you. All right. So we talked about your first night at Q2 being last night, something else that's pretty recent Austin FC news, the new kits. What are your thoughts? I like them. I mean, they're a little simple. They're, they don't have too much going on, but I do like the color. I think, um, you, ju- cool. you just defined every MLS jersey that's been released this past week. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so, yeah. I do like the color, though. I enjoy the color. Yeah. I think I'll take ours over most other teams, though, so that's a plus. All right, all right. So I know you haven't signed your rookie contract yet, but assuming that you do, let's just assume that happens, right? Because yeah. it should happen. <laughs> what are your goals for your rookie season? I would say – you know, get on the field as much as possible. I mean, I'm an athlete. I, I don't want to sit on the bench, you know. I know that that's a, a possibility um, in terms of me being young and, you know, adjusting to the to the MLS level and everything. But I think if I can get myself on the field, whether it's just, you know, for a few games or, or even more than that, you know, trying to help the team out as, as best that I, that I can. Um, yeah, I think that's something I look forward to and I want to work really hard to, to do is prove myself to the staff. You know, I'm, right now I'm proving myself during a contract, but, you know, assuming that I get that, I'm going to prove, try to prove to them that I belong on the field as well. Yes, sir. Any final thoughts for Los Verdes, Austin Anthem, and any of the other supporters that may be tuning in? Yeah, I mean, I'm, just, I'm ready to get to work for them. You know, they're really really good fan base Um, I've already seen that in my short time here in Austin and um, when you have you know groups like that and fans like that backing you it's a lot easier to be motivated to show up every day and and get the job done I mean it was you know looking up at the stands yesterday it's hard not to give 110 percent when you're on the field that's awesome so you guys have Chicago coming up this Saturday is it in Chicago no it's actually here in Austin so at the training facility Okay. Okay. Yeah, okay. Not in Q2. Gotcha. Kind of behind closed doors. Yeah. So. Yeah. I had to pull some strings today to even find out that you've played in, in two preseason matches because nothing's on Twitter. I can't watch the games here in Chesapeake, Virginia, because I'm out of region and preseason stupid, but yeah, uh, hopefully you get some minutes against Chicago, man. And I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that news pop across my, my Twitter feed saying that you signed that first team contract. I hope you're right. All right, Charlie, thank you for joining MLS Gone Wild, my man. Awesome. Thanks for having me. It's been fun. Listeners, thank you for tuning in to MLS Gone Wild Season 4, Episode 6, featuring Charlie Asensio. Just eight days until MLS is back. I should have my full 2022 MLS preview podcast in the next few days. Be sure to be on the lookout for that. Until then, take care of yourselves and one another. And remember the name, Charlie Asensio. Peace. Thank you.